Section 5 of Tales of Three Hemispheres. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Asaf Koss. Tales of Three Hemispheres by Lord Unsany. A Pretty Quarrel. On one of those unattained and unattainable pinnacles that are known as the bleaks of Erie, an eagle was looking east with a hopeful presage of blood. For he knew and rejoiced in the knowledge that eastward over the dells the dwarfs were risen in orc and gone to war with the demigods. The demigods are they that were born of earthly women, but their sires are the elder gods who walked of old among men. Disguised, they would go through the villages sometimes in summer evenings, cloaked and unknown of men. But the younger maidens knew them and always ran to them singing, for all that their elders said. In evenings long ago they had danced to the woods of the oak trees. Their children dwelt out of doors, beyond the dells of the bracken, in the cool and heathery lands, and were now at war with the dwarfs. Dur and Grim were the demigods, and had the faults of both parents, and would not mix with men, but claimed the right of their fathers, and would not play human games, but forever were prophesying, and yet were more frivolous than their mothers were, whom the fairies had long since buried in wildwood gardens with more than human rights. And being irked at their lack of rights and ill-content with the land, and having no power at all over the wind and snow, and caring little for the powers they had, the demigods became idle, greasy, and slow, and the contemptuous dwarfs despised them ever. The dwarfs were contemptuous of all things savoring of heaven, and of everything that was even partly divine. They were, so it has been said, of the seed of man, but, being squat and hairy, like to the beasts. They praised all beastly things, and bestiality was shown reverence among them, so far as reverence was theirs to show. So most of all they despised the discontent of the demigods, who dreamed of the courts of heaven and power over wind and snow. For what better, said the dwarfs, could demigods do than nose in the earth for roots and cover their faces with mire, and run with the cheerful goats and be even as they? Now in their idleness caused by their discontent, the seed of the gods and the maidens grew more discontented still, and only spake of or cared for heavenly things, until the contempt of the dwarfs, who heard of all these doings, was bridled no longer, and it must needs be war. They burned spice, dipped in blood and dried, before the chief of their witches, sharpening their axes, and made war on the demigods. They passed by night over the Ulna mountains, each dwarf with his good axe, the old flint war axe of his fathers, a night when no moon shone, 
and they went unshod, and swiftly to come on the demigods, in the darkness beyond the dells of Ulk, lying fat and idle and contemptible. And before it was light, they found the heathery lands, and the demigods lying lazy all over the side of a hill. The dwarf stole towards them warily in the darkness. Now the art that the gods love most is the art of war, and when the seed of the gods and those nimble maidens awoke and found it was war, it was almost as much to them as the godlike pursuits of heaven enjoyed in the marble courts, or power over wind and snow. They all drew out at once their swords of tempered bronze, cast down to them centuries since, on stormy nights when their fathers drew them and faced the dwarfs, and casting their idleness from them, fell on them sword to axe. And the dwarfs fought hard that night, and bruised the demigods sorely, hacking with those huge axes that had not spared the oaks. Yet for all the weight of their blows, and the cunning of their adventure, one point they had overlooked, the demigods were immortal. As the fight rolled on towards morning, the fighters were fewer and fewer, yet for all the blows of the dwarfs, men fell upon one side only. Dawn came and the demigods were fighting against no more than six, and the hour that follows dawn and the last of the dwarfs was gone. And when the light was clear on that peak of the bleaks of Erie, the eagle left his crag and flew grimly east and found it was as he had hoped in the matter of blood. But the demigods lay down in their heathery lands, for once content though so far from the courts of heaven, and even half forgot their heavenly rights, and sighed no more for power over wind and snow. End of section 5